0: Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari.
1: I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle.
0: Hi, I'm Gina. I'm Catherine. And I'm Kristen. And welcome to Rebounding Faith. Today, we are going to talk about comparisons and uh, that being a dangerous trap, comparisons and contrasts. And so typically, just so you guys know, Catherine is the one who um, puts together the content for our podcast. And she's super talented at research and studying and writing, and she lines everything out for us. And That's very kind of you, Gina. Well, Thank you. It is true, and that is not <laughs> me. And so she's been really, really busy at work and with life and this moving at work. And so she was like, hey, you know, why don't you go ahead and just put this together? Because I had told her I wanted to talk about comparisons, and I thought it was a great subject, and she she was like, great, that sounds great. Put it together and um, and we'll go from there. And then I just got all nervous and was like, oh, wait. <laughs> and she immediately oh, started comparing. Ho- 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 hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, completely comparing. I cannot even begin to fill her shoes or dig deep into oh, how to put together an outline. So Sounds
2: like she's also really good at <laughs> delegating. Hey, that's a great idea. Why don't you do that?
0: so anyway you guys have guilty as charged yes you've got me and so i just want to apologize ahead of time (laughs) so anyway um i wanted to just start off with a couple quotes about comparison um so we've got theodore roosevelt who said comparison is the thief of joy i love that yeah and then coco chanel says beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself I really liked
1: that. Yes.
0: And then um, I was reading a blog by a girl named Ashley Nicole, and she's got a blog called Undoubted Grace. And this is what she said. She said, when we compare ourselves to others, we are agreeing with the plans of the enemy for our lives. Comparison is the thief of joy and the stretcher of truth. Comparison says I am ill-equipped for the task at hand. The truth is, God has given me everything I need for the plans he has set before me. I just love that. Um, So good. And then um, the Bible verse that I I chose is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 20. And it goes like this. If the foot says... I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, can it not stop, from, can it, not stop it from being part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as He wanted it to be. If all parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. And so, I I really liked that verse, and and it just speaks exactly to that to the comparisons and us feeling like, you know, if I'm not the eye or I'm not the foot, am I as important? And God just saying, no, each. Each part, each one of you have your place in the body. And so that's what we're going to just talk about today and why we compare ourselves and we compare our gifts and our talents. We compare the way we look or what we have. Our, we compare our homes, our jobs, how good of a mother, wife, family member we are. And I just thought to myself, is there anything that we, we don't compare? And like I said, when I was putting together this podcast, I felt myself just comparing my abilities or lack of ability um, to Catherine's and wondering at times, you know, I've said to Catherine before, I'm not even really sure what I bring to the table. And uh, so I just want this to be a really honest and, and open conversation and for us to just talk about comparisons and, and, and how unhealthy it is for us. So what do you guys think? I love this topic.
1: I, I really do. I think I definitely fall victim. Well, I don't want to say victim. I volunteer for this. Mm, How about that? Yeah. I, I do this, and <clears throat> I was sharing with Kristen before we uh, started recording on this topic that I, I use the word enough a lot. I am not good enough, smart mm. enough, thin enough enough um, successful enough, plug in any word you want followed by enough. And that, that's what I struggle from. And that's the, the unhealthy script in my head. Right. And, um, I told Kristen like enough, enough of the enough, like we just need to be done with that word. And I think it is so tremendously unhealthy. And going back to that verse, it's so true. It, it's, It's sort of like God has set us up to do and be who we are as exactly as he wanted us to be. And so if we were meant to see and be an eye, that's what we are, to hear, to be a mouth, to speak, like whatever that is. And so I think it really boils down to two things for me. Number one is self-acceptance, exactly as you are today. And number two is your value and knowing your value as you are.
2: Right,
0: right.
1: Yeah, I feel yeah.
2: like when when I'm in a place where I find myself comparing, it's usually rooted in insecurity. Yeah. Mm. And me not feeling inherent worthiness of some sort. And I think that it that's a risky place to be. And um when we allow comparison or competition or a desire to some extent to conform, then I think you lose what makes you special, right? Right. If you're yeah. so focused on trying to be an I because you think that's so important, yeah. Then you lose focus of the fact that, like, well, the body wouldn't be able to hear if it wasn't for me, right? And um, it, it's a it's a very vulnerable place to be, also. And um, I I think, unfortunately, there's so many things happening in our lives around us that lead us to these moments where we're comparing ourselves with other people, what they have, what we have, what we don't have. And so it's not something that you can just think about and get it out of your head because, you know, 30 minutes later, you see something and you're right back at comparing
0: again. Yeah. You know, and I think that it, well, the world we live in now for sure plays into this more than than ever. But I think there's different, when you were talking about, Kristen, the insecurities, and I think that that stems from different things. And I know when you come from, and I've um, had trauma, uh, went through a traumatic experience as a child, and then I was in, you know, an abusive marriage for 10 years. And so I think that there's a lot of different areas that can play into our insecurities that end up causing us to compare ourselves. And and when you've had people in your life uh, that have spoken ugly or hurtful words or called you names or belittled you, there's long-term damage that can be done from that. And there is so much power in the spoken word. And when people use words and anger or words to manipulate or, or control you know, words can be lies that um, become a recording that we play. I have had that so many times in my life that it's just on repeat. And it's the lies of of my past, of the shame, of the guilt, of the regret, of things that people have said to me and, and about me. And then when you see yourself as less than, um, you begin to act as less than. And then we've got this whole world around us with social media that really pushes comparison now more than to a whole new level to a whole new level yeah 100%. The, the unrealistic standards in magazines and on tv of these people who they don't even look like that Mm-hmm. That's a filter. You know, it it's is, like a model
1: in a magazine yes. that's been airbrushed. Oh, yeah. gee, I don't look like that. Well, you were never meant to. And neither does she. Shocker. She doesn't look <laughs> like that either. She doesn't look like that. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it
0: puts out this standard that we feel like we have to attain beyond what we naturally are. And so if you already have some insecurities, oh my gosh, it, it just plays into that so much more. And it can be so. So detrimental, and I think while there's some really good things um you know with the internet and social media, I think there's also some really harmful things that cause us to really begin to question our worth and our value and We look at, I call it fake book, but we look at social media. Fake instead of Facebook. Oh, that's funny. Because I look at that and I just think that's not real. Yeah. You know, what Mm -hmm. people post is what they want you to see. So, So my question is, when we compare
1: ourselves to whatever it is, fill in the blank, I'm wondering why that's mutually exclusive. So if... If someone's really good at something and you're not as good at something, I guess why in our society and we as women do we then immediately assign ourselves a lower value? Mm -hmm. Rather than like, it's almost like we're going vertical, right? Well, she's better at that and she's up here at an eight Mm -hmm. and I'm only like a seven or a four, you know? So therefore I have less value rather than going horizontal and out wide and say, hey, you know what? She's really good at that, but I'm really good at this. Right. So it's interesting that our mindset goes to that and assigning a value like that. Yeah.
2: There's this um, leadership, women in leadership institute that we partner with at work called Linkage, and um, this lady Susan Brady has done a lot of work around this this concept around um, your inner critic, mm. and to your point, like really trying to live in a place of your compassionate center. And how a lot of times when we're comparing, we go one of two places. We either feel like we're better than somebody or we feel like we're less than. Mm -hmm. And and she talks about a lot of um, tips and tricks of how to just get back to a compassionate center. And to your point, Catherine, really get to a place of this isn't a zero-sum game. This isn't one pie, that there's only X amount of pieces. Yeah, There is enough for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's really that has helped me a lot. Like I I can tell now because you know, I grew up competing, right? I was such a competitor. I grew up my whole life. Yeah, playing you played soccer. soccer yeah. And, and almost like a pretty high level. I played soccer right? professionally for a couple yeah, professionally, of years. yeah. Yeah. And I think that like one of my greatest strengths could also be a weakness in in me competing. Yeah. Because right. I find myself in weird, weird things. Like I'm at the grocery store and I get in line to check out and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that person's going to check out before me. I'm in line before them. <laughs> Their line's going faster than mine. Like these are things that go through my yeah, head. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, why just... Sit does not matter, Kristen? Right, like, you're not less than because they checked out before you. They're <laughs> yeah, in a faster not really line. Like, let's like, yeah. Let's, yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's these things that I can. I'm not perfect at it, but I try and really live in this place of we're all just doing our best, right? Yeah. And so much of this, in my, in my opinion, is just rooted in insecurity. Yeah. And trying to find self worth. By external confirmations rather than really feeling valued, and that that the the only relationship that matters is the relationship with God. And if you are in a good place there, none of this other stuff, like it doesn't, none of it matters. That's right. Yeah, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you
1: said external mm-hmm. confirmation. And If you suffer from like people pleasing or that type of thing where you seek out approval from others to validate who you are instead of who God made you to be. Because in the end, you know, I I know God speaks to this when he talks about, you know, um, seeking out the approval of men, right? Like that's, I mean, I, I think of Jesus and how they were celebrating him one week before they Crucified, crucified him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so fickle, right? So, I think if we place all of our value in the hands of others and what they say about us, knowing full well it will change, you know, that's a risky, risky game. Mm-hmm.
0: It is. And, but, you know, we have, we live in this world where. Things become so skewed, right? You are successful at a career, and the next thing you know, your self-worth is wrapped up in your career and how successful you are and and or how much money you have and the material things that you can buy, and your self-worth gets wrapped up in that. We just live in this world that kind of feeds that whole thing. Well, in
1: the end, it's not the material items that you own because they end up owning you because they define you. And so kind of being true to like the nature and the purpose of this podcast, it's like what will come between you and God? Right. And I think if we start to question who we are and who he made us to be, that's, that's some that's a territory where that potentially could create distance, you know, but it's not something that we, I have done it, you know, God, who did you make me to be? And is this a strength? Is this a weakness? I don't understand. Why did you give me this, you know, this particular thing or why can't I do this better or Mm -hmm. whatever? Like one area of comparison for me and just to be completely transparent is, um, I wasn't really given a mother that, is truly maternal for lack of a better word. Um, my, I'm the parent in the relationship. I'm the one who, um, ever since I was a very small child was, um, more of the adult in the relationship. And so I would look at my friends who, you know, had these amazing moms and, you know, that just wasn't in the cards for me. And, um, so I struggle with not having that maternal presence in my life. Mm -hmm. And, but I will say this, I have learned over the years that I go to God, um, for that. And I seek him out even more. Um, whereas I might otherwise have picked up the phone and called my, my mom, Mm -hmm. right? That is not a safe person that I feel like I can do that with. And it's just, so yeah, so comparison is real. And I don't think it even, it even is about material things or it's about personal characteristics about ourselves or our appearance. Sometimes it can be about like what God has given you, you know, like that. Like I just know, like Gina, you have an amazing mom. You think I haven't compared myself with that? Like I'm like, gosh, you know, like I would love to have a mom like Gina has, you know, and my mom means well, but
0: it's it's tough. It's a tough road. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same too. I mean, there's so, so many things that we, whether we realize it's comparison or not, I mean, it's sort of coveting and wanting something that Mm -hmm. somebody else we perceive that they have. I mean, me being single, I mean, I look at, you know, couples all the time and think, why can't I have that? And same thing, you know, um, uh, it it ends up turning me back towards God because right. He is there for me and, and he, this is what He's chosen for me at this, you know, phase and or, or maybe forever in my life. I don't know. You and know? in actuality, each of our
1: circumstances have molded us to be who we are today. Right. So while I don't understand that, I love my mom mm-hmm. and um, she and I have um, a pretty good relationship, yeah. so we're not estranged or anything like that. But in actuality, that I I would be lying if I didn't say, you know what, that contributed to who I am today. Of course. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, And so I'm sure yours, your hat and your struggles, Kristen, have contributed to who we are today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think when you look back at some of these examples that we've given, I guess the question that I ask is... I feel like most people would get to a place of like, yeah, when I find myself comparing, I can, I can acknowledge that I'm not feeling the most secure. Right. So why do we do it? Like, how do we get to a place where we feel more secure Mm -hmm. and, and, and like really secure, not just secure in the moment. Or like I referenced before getting to back to a place of compassion for ourselves how do we really live in a state where we're more secure mm-hmm. and we recognize that these things don't matter mm-hmm. really at the end of the day. Right. Right. And it's like in 1st Timothy, right? We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. How do we how do we get there?
0: Yeah, it I think it comes down to us really coming to terms with if we're believers of whose we are and who we are mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, outside of that, I don't know how you get to it. I
1: I kind of want to push back on that a little bit because that's something I hear a lot, like whose you are and who you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I kind of want to stop and say like that. That's a loaded, there's a lot to that if we were to unpack it. So whose you are,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like maybe we should look at why that's important,
0: whose you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as when I am at my most peaceful, Mm -hmm. um, when things are right in my heart and my spirit and my mind, it's when I am in... Complete understanding of the peace that I am a chosen child of God. I'm a daughter of the King Most High. Mm-hmm. That's whose I am. I don't belong to this world. I am passing through this world. I have to live in this world, but I'm not of this world. Mm-hmm. When I buy into the lies of the evil one that tells me I am not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, young enough, I am, you know, to, I start to. Believe is lies. The discouragement that comes, none of that comes from God, nor does guilt or shame or that come from God, you know? So it's all tools, I think, of the evil one that are really trick us, that get into our head and start to convince us that we are less than what our creator says we are, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Or that we don't matter. Right. I mean, that's something that I think going back to our value, right? And when we assign value to things... Yeah, what that could mean for us. But I I think it's something where, you know, God, we look the way exactly the way that he wanted us to look, the color of our eyes, Mm -hmm. the color of our hair, our height, our weight, our skin color, everything, like was designed by him to be exactly in this way. And so I think if we start with self-acceptance, and we look at that, and then we say our voice. Because I've heard people say, "Oh, I don't like my voice." Or, oh, I've said it. You have? Yes. Oh, we no, started recording how... this podcast, and I heard oh. my voice so oh, good. See, Lord. I didn't even hear that. <laughs>
2: Same. Yeah. I don't. I. Whenever I hear my voice, I think to myself, "Gosh, I am so annoying." <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh! No. To me. See,
1: I hear. So it's not funny, and I hear you guys' not funny. voice. No, I said, "Is it?" I, said, oh, I, I, I thought you said not it's not funny. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I hear your voices and I think, wow, I'm so privileged to be able to sit alongside you guys. But I, I just think it's so fascinating how we as women are so hard on ourselves yeah, and that women in general can be so skeptical hard on each other. of each other, you know, and um, I don't know, I just think it's sad. It, it's not a place where God wants us to live. And the other thing I want to say, you guys, is that if you really think about it at its core... It's pretty selfish too.
2: Mm.
1: Like you think about all the pain and suffering in the world and Mm. where we could be really placing our focus and emphasis for us to be looking at our own appearance and our own what we have and what we don't have. And, you know, like really kind of a prideful thing, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: Again, another tool of the evil one, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. None of that comes from God. He wants us to see ourselves and see others through the lens that He sees us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know that, you know, comparisons, they can lead to anxiety and make us anxious or, or depressed or um, certainly not living our, our best life. And so I started, you know, looking um, into the Bible because I thought, you know, I just want to take this back to where it needs to be. and And that's the word of God, because what he says is true. And so... Got a couple verses that that I, I really like, and one was um, Psalms one thirty nine seventeen that says, "How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand." And I just thought, wow. "Oh my gosh!" When David wrote, I mean, to be able to just take that in and say, how precious are the thoughts that God has about me? Me, not, I mean, each one of us, but he was writing about himself, about me. God thinks about me so much that I can't even count how many times he thinks about me. And if we just stop and reflect on that for a a moment, just puts me in... And a different headspace for kind of an awe a little Mm, bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, Gina, since you're speaking about
2: Psalm, another verse that I had written down that really just made me feel like just warm in the heart um, was 23, 6. And it says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah, and I've got uh, Luke twelve six and 7, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and not one of them is forgotten about before God, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. You know, I mean, to each little detail that God knows about us, you mm-hmm. know, we matter— that much to him i
1: love that it's funny because i i hear that and i wonder like how many of us have that head knowledge you know it's like oh i know i need to exercise yeah i know i need to whatever not eat fried food bad for me what right? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> We're not supposed to do that. When did this come up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, we know that, but to feel that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like, um, am not proud to admit this, but years and years and years ago, I used to smoke, and I quit smoking. You, like, you, I wait, did, years on. and years and years ago. Back college, up. yeah, long time ago, years and years ago, um, for a couple of years, and I quit smoking. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know you yeah. need to quit, right? But it's really hard to quit smoking. So what I realized was you have to do it from your emotions. You have to almost get to that place where you despise it so mm. much that you use that emotional charge within you to propel you forward. To The head knowledge is not enough. It's not enough. It's got to be to that place where you're able to use that emotion as energy. And so when I hear this, it's like, yeah, we know, we know that God loves us. But Mm -hmm. what we really want to do is we want to get to that place where we're desiring it so greatly. And that emotion, we got to get the heart involved, get from the head into the the heart. And I think once we get to that place is where we'll see real change and we'll have real peace and uh, I know that, that that works for me.
2: So, how did you get there? Yeah, with smoking?
0: I was wondering that same thing. So,
1: okay, kind of funny personal story, but honestly, I was really young. I was in college at the time, and I despise what I use. I used the smell in my hands, and I hated the way my hands smelled because at the time we didn't have. What do they have now? The Vaping? vapes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we had the real cigarette. So I hated the way my hands smelled, and so um, I used to smell my hands during the day when I wasn't smoking, and it was um, the soap and the shampoo, and they like that just that scent, right? And mm-hmm. I used that. Mm-hmm. And then I had visuals that I would go to. And in my head, I envisioned, I knew at the time, right before I quit smoking, like to go a day without a cigarette was impossible. It was really, really hard, right? So what I did was I envisioned my wedding day, because at the time I wasn't married. And I pictured, how am I going to get through my wedding day? Like without a cigarette, you know, and I was picturing like a hole in my dress or like, how am I going to get through this? And so it's so funny. So I used that. And then lastly, the habit of having to, of the hand to mouth habit, you know, that habit of whatever. So I replaced that habit with pretzels, like pretzel (laughs) sticks. And that's what I was doing. Did you smoke the little sticks? No, I actually didn't. (laughs) I was really good. I didn't. I was good. And just did that in popsicles. Same Uh thing, right? uh Just use that. And I had to be realistic and I had to say, you know what? I cannot see or talk or hang out with my friends that smoke. I just can't. I got to cut them off for a while and I really need to focus on this. And that's what I did. And I just took that full approach and I quit when I was, well, I won't even say the age because then you guys will know how old I am, but <laughs> let's just say it was this a long like time five ago. five years ago. Yeah, just, just five <laughs> years ago and a uh, long time ago. And uh, yeah, and I just knew and moving forward, I always knew I can never have even one like that was it. Mm. That was it for me.
2: I love that. The, it's interesting. My, um, I'll, I'll tie that story to something that my husband says a lot. And he um, he just says he doesn't eat sugar. He tells people that like, mm-hmm. I don't eat dessert, which is true. Very rarely does he. And he really doesn't eat a lot of sugar. Now, he says, I don't eat sugar to a lot of people. Sugar's in everything, right? Right. He's not like so meticulous that he's not eating any sugar. he's pretty disciplined. Very disciplined when it comes to that, right? We all have these things. Uh But Uh I would say his whole philosophy is it has to become a part of who you are, right? Like I don't eat sugar. I don't smoke. That's right. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. and you have to create these like tricks for yourself, mm-hmm. whether it's smelling your hands mm-hmm. or, you know, just openly yeah. saying, I don't eat sugar. Mm-hmm. So then now we go to places a lot and people are like, oh, don't give Andy dessert. He doesn't eat sugar. Interesting. Now I've seen him scarf down some ice cream <laughs> at yeah. our house. So he, he does eat sugar, but it's like this story that he says that yeah. becomes mm-hmm.
1: who he is. That's right? right.
2: And I think that not that these little tricks are the end all be all. But I do think that if you can find a verse in the Bible that really helps you here, mm-hmm. that you can just recite to yourself.
1: Absolutely. In that
2: moment when you know that you are comparing, yeah, is there, is there a verse that you can just memorize and say to yourself? Or is there some sort of phrase that you can say to yourself mm-hmm. or some visual that you can have that takes you back to a place of, okay... I am enough. I don't have to be skinny enough,
0: That's fit right. yeah. enough,
2: smart enough. I am enough. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think, Kristen, That's a tool good. that um, as pastor um, that I you know used to go to his church for years had given us and has really been helpful for me in a lot of areas in life, and it's the five-second rule, and that is not allowing... We can't stop the thoughts that come into our mind, but we can take hold of those thoughts and not allow them more than five seconds, yeah. you know, not to let them take seed in our lives because I can be on the re- the tape just playing it over and over and over. And so it's really just the five second rule of just saying, acknowledging the thought, And then turning it into a prayer. So right now I'm feeling less than, and I'm going to turn that into, I'm a chosen child of God instead. Mm -hmm. And thank you. You know, thank you, Lord.
1: And I would also say, if that's challenging for some people to say and accept that I'm a chosen child of God, like, Mm -hmm. let's say that you... Because that's hard for me sometimes. Like, I just think I'm not worthy enough or... Mm you know, whatever. And so to say I'm a chosen child of God can be intimidating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll look at that and say, I don't know, like, am I? Like, is it? So it's something where I think we have to realize that, you know, Jesus died for all of us, right? right? Every single one of us. And so it's not, it's not something, it's almost like that can be a form of pride too, actually, I realized, is that if you feel like, oh, my... My sin or my issue, or it's too great for you know, it's too bad. Like, mm-hmm. I won't be forgiven. Like, that's sort of like saying what he did wasn't enough, right? And that's can be a form of, of pride, actually.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's just accepting that. And you know what? If that's too hard for you to believe that you are a chosen child of God, like, if that, like, I maybe that has to do, I'll have to probably do therapy on this, but it feels uncomfortable when I hear that. And I don't know why it feels it uncomfortable is. to me. It's hmm. not, it's not comforting. It feels uncomfortable. And it's com- probably like, cause I am such a plea. Like I want to be, I'm, I want to achieve things because I, then I'll have value. So if I can achieve things, then all of a sudden, like if I can get farther in my career, right? And I can earn this, or I can earn that, then I have worth, but it's, it's not anything that's going to be handed to me. That's going to be something that I have to earn. I have to fight and I have to claw at to get at that. And so with God, it's the other way around. It's like, look. This is just a gift I'm giving you that I did. And so if if that's hard to step into all of that, maybe just say, I'm chosen. Like, start with that. You know, I'm chosen. Mm-hmm. And then once that's comfortable, it's like getting into a really hot jacuzzi or a really cold pool, right? You're going to do that just one step at a time. And then maybe it's, I'm a chosen and I'm a child, Right. I like get there and then of God and then maybe of the most high God, because that, that gets really like that really upset. It. It's like, yeah. oh, boy, now it's the most high God that I'm a child of. I'm really not worthy of that. So I think it's just getting to that place where you're comfortable and knowing like to your to your point, Kristen, talking about like a verse. So lately, Philippians 4.13 has been so Awesome to me and really speaking to me, which is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Mm -hmm. because as I just pointed out, like for me, I'm I'm a big achiever. I like to do a lot of stuff. So it's for a lot for a lot of my life, it was I can do all things. Mm -hmm. I would just stop there, right? Like and you, that's really God has a way of showing you no, you can't. And so then it became okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Mm -hmm. and so actually the last few weeks I've been every day just reciting that verse and no matter what lies ahead of me that day I can do it I can do it through Christ who strengthens me because I can do all things through and so you just gather those verses that really speak to you in the moment and my bet would be that they change over the course of your life depending on what you're facing and what
0: you're working through
2: yeah well said Yeah. yeah that's good That's
0: interesting how we all see and feel things so differently. Differently, Yeah. Yeah, And for me, like when I say that to myself, Mm -hmm. when I am feeling so unworthy or doubtful, then to speak truth back into myself by saying, no, you are a -hmm. chosen child. Of God, I mean, for me, it's empowering. Mm. So one of those, even those like fake it till you make it things. Yeah, like I'm gonna say this until yeah. I believe it. Yeah, and then the more I say it, the more I believe it, the more I feel it. You so know, you that have kind of thing.
1: not believed that before?
0: Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, the biggest struggle in my entire life, throughout my entire life, is feeling unworthy. Interesting. Unworthy, yeah. unworthy, unworthy, and have been told. Yeah. you know, that many, many times. And so, yeah, that's a fabric of my makeup. I have to fight against that on a daily basis. Do you
1: believe that now?
0: I do, but I get I I have to tell myself, I have to remind myself, I have to be in the word of God. I have to read his word in black and white. Yeah. So that I can see it and read it and say it. Otherwise, the voices and the tapes that play in my mind Um, are negative and Mm -hmm. will take over. Mm -hmm. And so I have to replace every negative Mm -hmm. word that has ever been spoken about me or to me, every curse that was, you know, all of those things I have to counter with the truth and the truth is the word of God. And so reading it, saying it, repeating it, writing it, um, then that has helped me over time. and, and, There are absolutely times when I fall into this big comparison thing, and then I start playing those tapes again, and it's a dangerous, you know, spiral down for me. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, Yeah, it is a slippery slope. So I absolutely uh, still struggle. I think think as long as we're alive, if we're really honest, we're going to struggle until the day the Lord takes us home. We're a work in progress, you know, but... But more and more times um, that you have victory over those negative things and you, you, you begin to see yourself through the lens of God. And I ask him, you know, each day, as much as I want to honor him with my thoughts and my words and my actions, I also ask him to please, Lord, help me see myself today and mm-hmm. see others through the lens that you see me yeah. and you see others. Yeah, I've prayed that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's really good. And and I think that it's something where at the core of this is finding your value, mm-hmm. because if you attribute any of your value through comparison, like you were saying, Kristen, like you either are better or you're worse. So let's say you're better. Right. So you compare and then all of a sudden you get this like sort of false high, you know, where you're like, oh, I'm I'm better than them or whatever. Um and let's say you experience more value. So the flip side of that is, you know, if you have less value. And so I think it's like, how do you get to that place where your value is unaffected no matter what? Like, let's say you have the worst day, you, you've, uh, you've burned dinner, you know, you've spent all your money, uh, you got in a fight with your husband, like whatever it is, right? Like just the worst possible day, right? At the end of the day, is there still value there? You know, you've botched your whole day Mm -hmm. and you are really in a place where you're not in a good place with God, let's say, and you're not at a place where you have a lot of peace and, you know, is there still value there? Now, logically, of course, of course, there's still value there. But so much of our lives are dictated by the way we're feeling in the moment Mm -hmm. that that then becomes reality.
2: I think in those in those moments, if you can revert back to a visual, a Bible verse, mm-hmm. a phrase, it, it's trying to, again, like fake it till you make it. But mm-hmm. it's like a reminder of like, okay, I'm feeling like extremely less than right now. How do I get back to a place where I'm enough mm-hmm. and I have compassion for myself? Mm-hmm. And definitely easier to talk about on a podcast with the three of you sitting here than yeah. when you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that you're you're spot on and 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 well really all that we've been talking about, which is like our true worth comes through Jesus mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. So you, you gotta find a way to get back there mm-hmm. as quickly as you can.
0: Right. Yeah. I, totally. Yeah. And and to remind ourselves that there is nothing that I can do to make Jesus love me more, and there is nothing that I can do to make him love me less. Right. He just loves me, yeah. just the way I am. Yeah. You know, he loves me. Right. And to remind ourselves of that and, and to speak truth, I think you're you're right, Kristen, we got to get back to it as quickly as we can and and remember that, you know, God loved us so much he sent Jesus. He gave up his own son for us so right. that we can be with Him for eternity. And, and I think God just wants us to embrace all of ourselves, every little flaw, every little thing about us that is so beautiful in His eyes for us just to embrace who we are, know that we are um, created specifically. We each have a calling. It's all individual. No one can be me and I can't be anyone else. And so just be okay with wherever we are, um, and know that to to fall into the traps and the lies of the evil one and the tools and the games that he plays, and um, just try our best to not get into the comparison trap. Right. Okay.
2: Here's something that I think would be really good to do before we wrap up. Okay. okay. Say something about yourself that you really love. Mm. That's gonna be hard. Like God really loves this about you, right? It's something that you're like, man. I just feel like this is something God's like really happy about.
1: Hmm. Okay, who wants to start?
0: Oh, I will say that I. I I'll have... compare
1: with my answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right <laughs> might be easier yeah. if we said about yeah. each other yes yes but yes. It, it's hard to come it's up about with yourself. this is the point yes. yeah yes but um in it's this is a character thing or who i am not what i i look like but i have a a really tender heart yes, i really you. genuinely mm-hmm. care you do
1: I've seen Gina cry many times. She is. Yeah. She's tearing up right now for a hundred, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really are. Oh my gosh. It's true. Yes. Yes. You do have a very tender heart, and God absolutely did some of his best work when he made Gina's heart for sure. <laughs> All right, Kristen.
2: I think that God really loves how resilient I am. Mm hmm.
1: I think so. In fact, I think about one of our podcasts. I was listening to it again the other day, and you had said you're you know you're a soccer player, and how your dad would always say, "Win or lose, you still got to go to school on Monday." <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I thought about that, and it's like that's where you get it from. It's just mm-hmm. like, yep, just got to pick up, keep yeah. on going. Tough cookie. So that's right. You mm-hmm. are. That's smart a great trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. For me, I would say um, I. I believe that he appreciates my desire to encourage others. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I always, um, I'm always sensitive to how someone might be feeling. And so I want to go stand next to them or I just want to check in on them or whatever and encourage them, however that may be, usually yeah. in the form of words, but maybe there could be actions mm-hmm. too. So I
2: love, yeah, I love, mm-hmm. yeah, I love to do that. That's definitely true about you.
0: I love yeah. to encourage. Well, yeah, it has been a, a good conversation. Um, I hope that it resonated with some of you listening and just know that um, you are um, special and unique uh, exactly the way you are. and. Uh, We're glad that you're here and part of our tribe, and we're going to do this thing called Life Together. And thank you so much for uh, listening to Rebounding Faith, and we look forward to um, getting back with you again soon.
1: Yes, and just remember to compare is a snare, so we want to stay. Compare is a (laughs) snare. Let's go out on that note. just thought I would say that'll stick with you. You guys are laughing, but it's going to stick with you this week. I guarantee you. So anyway, on that note, have a great week and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.